All right. G'day and welcome to episode number, I don't know, I, I have no idea, 138 maybe? Something like that. Let's call it episode 138, Average Man Podcast. Just trying to mess around with the GoPro here because she's swiveling around. Uh, I'm going to do something a little bit different this time around. So I am in the car. I'm down at Parry's Beach, uh, just outside of Denmark. And we're going to do a couple of installments of some little shorter podcasts. I'll film them straight on the GoPro and then upload the audio uh, to to the, the podcast host and, and try it that way. It's, you know, I'm on holiday. I don't have all my setup here. and um, So, yeah, man, we'll just we'll try this out and, and see how it goes. How the bloody hell are you? Merry effing Christmas. It's uh, the 27th of December. So, you know, Boxing Day was yesterday, Christmas Day was two days ago, and I've been on holidays for about, we drove out of Port Helen on the on the 17th of December, so a good 10 days now out of the old Pilbara, um, and sort of really starting to settle into a holiday mode, holiday vibe. It takes me a little while, <laughs> it took me a little while this year anyway, it was a pretty high-paced sort of um, entry into the, into the holiday period, so. Uh, and then, you know, I did a lot of driving, which was, you know, the trip down was kind of stressful to be honest with you. Um, obviously, we've got the the caravan in tow, all loaded up with the whole family and everything in for the first time, the first big trip, the first trip, the first big trip uh, with the caravan in tow. Uh, we left Port Hedland on the 17th, which was a Saturday uh, of December, and like after about 500 k's of towing down the road, because I'm pretty much at full capacity, weight wise um in like 40 degree heat uh, it actually started to to the car was actually struggling a fair bit didn't want to sit on 100 k's anymore it was just just dropping down to like 90 80 k's an hour and struggling to, to go any faster than that um and that sort of continued for the most of that day i'd stop over and get some fuel and it'd be okay for, for for 100 k's or so and start doing it again so that was kind of stressful man i didn't know what was going on i didn't know if it was a fuel starvation I issue if it was like dirty fuel again like what happened when we came down from broom on the last trip we did with the car um or if the new pre-fuel filter that i've uh, that i had put in was was not letting enough fuel through and starving the the injectors of the fuel they needed but we didn't know so it was a little bit stressful a bit touch and go there and then on the other like on the on the afternoon once it started to cool down a bit she started to run nicely again sitting at 100 easily and then the day after which was on the southern side of of uh, Carnarvon it, it just ran like a dream and it hasn't skipped a beat since so it's definitely something to do with the heat at full capacity towing for a long period of time and I've, I've had a bit of a Google around and, and um, it seems like, you know, an issue that can happen in those kind of conditions. Um, and perhaps it was the way I was driving in normal auto, which is probably not what I should be doing. I should be driving manually and keeping it in fifth gear, uh, at, very, at the very least driving in sports mode. So, it's, so it's, it's revving out a bit more in the gears rather than changing too early and then the, then the gearbox is struggling to, to pull all that weight in the higher gears. So. Um, we'll see how it goes on the way back up when we get to the hot climate again on the northern side of, of Carnarvon with me keeping it in fifth and, and shifting manually and, and shit all that and see if we can't um, sort of counteract that. It was a bit stressful, man, but we made it down and, and you know, it, was, it wasn't a fuel issue, it wasn't dirty fuel or anything like that. So uh, we just that's just something I just need to, 
to manage and figure out um, a little bit better how to how to how to handle that. So that was stressful, but to be honest with you, first day trying to get the fuck out of Headland and, and and the car didn't seem to want to go, man. So all this time, all this money spent organising, setting up, planning, and then you know five hours into the trip, the car's <laughs> not performing. So that was a stressful moment for me, but it's all good. It came it came came through. We got down to Perth. We got down to Perth and. As predicted, Perth was busy. Perth was friggin' hectic, as always, man. We just we just can't seem to avoid that. Like me and Em's, the wife, we we don't spend a lot of money during the year. We do our big ticket item purchases that we plan out, and we don't. You know, we didn't go on bugger all holidays this year. We don't just buy shit randomly. We're kind of pretty pretty strict with our saving budget. Um, outside the things I said, we do buy our big ticket items that we need and we research and we plan for, but really we don't spend a whole lot of money. So when we come down to Perth, we've generally got a bit of a list of stuff we're going to buy while we're down, and that racks up so quickly, man, and you get so sick of spending money. I do. I get sick of spending money. Even though I know I was going to spend it, you can never really sort of guess at how much that's going to rack up to along with you know your food and your alcohol and your just general uh, outings and, and and fuel man like fuel was was next level coming down hectic watching the kilometer per uh, the liters per hundred kilometer ratio on the dash man or maybe i shouldn't have that up because i was just watching that the whole time going holy fuck we are chewing through the through the juice in this thing, man. So that's towing, that's towing in caravan. That's life, I suppose, man. But you know, it would be nice if diesel wasn't so friggin' expensive. It'd be nice if a lot of things were different, hey? That's not the way the world works. Um, what what else, man? So we did do a bit of shopping, kicking around, getting the Christmas presents sorted. You know, I did a bit of driving around. I had some shit to get done on the van and the car, so I drove like an hour away. Picked up the toolbox for the Ute, which is Minyong big 1700 long by 450 wide by 600 high toolbox black toolbox with a um, you know gas strut lids on on the top and two on the side and that can ca can carry a whole heap of my battery tools on the bottom deck i'm going to put a false floor in on top of that so we can then stack shit on top of the tools and use the two side doors to open to get to the tools underneath the false floor the blokes out there be creaming on on the idea especially especially I'll, I'll show you later i'll do a bit of a run through when the missus is happy with how clean the van is because you know it's getting trashed on the daily because we're living in it uh, i'll do a little bit of a run through with the camera and, and show you around the setup as it is in action now so that all worked out well man got to perth got all the hectic shit out the way we stayed up at my sister's house in Yanship, which was a good idea really uh, as, as hectic as Perth can be that was the most peaceful place for us to be a little bit more out of the suburbs they're a real chilled family my sister and, and her family um, so we kind of soaked up their vibe a little bit and they got a really nice it's an old shack on a big block in Yanship and trees everywhere and tree house for the kids and trampoline and, and you know I got a niece and nephew that are there as well so it all worked out really well man and, and that was a good move staying there and that's where we'll, we will be returned to when we get back from from paris beach as well uh after new year's we're down here for like 10 nights or eight or nine nights or something so we got here on the 23rd going back on the first so you do the math whatever that is um so it's it's yeah a decent clip down here and then a few more days back in perth on the other side before the big drive back up up home to Perth and the kiddos are actually staying in Perth with the grandparents for another week and a half which is something we've never done before so that'll be interesting and Ems and I will have a bit of time 
uh, on the other side of the holiday to, together as we get back into the swing of work and stuff. Um, it'll just be the two of us there, which is cool. See how we go. Uh, um, you know, so that's, yeah, something, like I said, something we haven't done before. So we'll see how we go. So we got down here to, to Paris on the the 23rd as I said yeah 23rd and the idea is look you can't book a spot here as we found out the first year we came here 2019 we rolled up and stayed in the overflow for a night and jagged a spot and in we went so since then uh, 2020 we came here as well I volunteered to do the um, some of the, the volunteer work which was cleaning the toilets and um, that gets you a free free spot and they, they save you a spot so you can rock up and know you've got a spot saved, one of the good spots gen generally too. So did that again uh, this year, but it all kind of went pear-shaped when we got here. So I organized this like three months ago. Yeah, no worries, you guys got a spot, roll up and clean the dunnies, all good. Got here, uh, did all the paperwork, got our spot sorted uh, next to another family uh, that, we, that we know down here, some friends of ours who we're gonna camp next to and went to drive in through the gate and it's got a 2.7 meter high limit thing swing on it and it was going to hit the the aircon on the van and i was like i had the missus out watching the van i didn't know exactly how high it was and she was saying yeah no all good she couldn't see the cassette on top of the actual van and the, the lady come running over her name's sue one of the one of the caretakers here and she's got something i don't know throat cancer or something larynx removed i don't know she whispers and she talks like this Sue comes running over, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're gonna hit the side, you're too high. You're too bloody high, you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me you were, you were over 2.7 high. That's how she talks. You didn't tell me you were over 2.7 high. I was like, uh, one, I didn't, I didn't, I haven't measured it. I didn't know I was over 2.7, but also I didn't realize there was a 2.7 limit here. She's like, how did you not know that you've been here before? I said, well, I was here two years ago in a camp trailer and height wasn't an issue so I didn't look at that sign I didn't know she says there's a sign on the road as well it's like okay these are all fair points but I didn't know me I didn't know that it was a three meter a 2.7 meter limit didn't know I was three meters and wasn't gonna make it like I don't know what you're what you want from me I didn't know if I knew I would have said it three months ago before I come down so we could have got ahead of it but she was pissed off and then she she oh, sort of said oh, I'll get one of the other volunteers okay Simon the other volunteer he can move out of his spot and you can go in his, in his spot, he can go inside the gate. Because Simon was in the big spot outside the gate that doesn't have the, the height limit thing and he had a little caravan and, and um, you know, there is some spots outside the gate that volunteers can park in. So I was like, okay, cool, great, no worries. So I felt bad, you know, I went and spoke to Simon and said, sorry mate, I really feel bad, you know, what a hassle we've rolled up and you've got to relocate at like five o'clock in the afternoon. But everyone made out like it was, wasn't a big deal. So, okay, I really apologize about that, man. I didn't know this is where we are now. So he moves over and then and then it all starts coming out that, you know, oh, we probably should have put us in the overflow, which is, you know, we park overnight and made Simon move the next day. And, you know, Simon was a bit upset. He had to move at the last minute, I get it. Simon's actually there for a month, you know. We're only there for a, for a bit over, over a week. He's there for like two months, so he's like their special VIP volunteer. You know, all of this shit, I didn't know. But this is all gone in the background. So anyway, he moved into the spot we were gonna be parked in next to our other friends, and whatever, we get on with our lives. Wake up the next morning, go for a run on the beach at like 6 a.m., come back, 
uh, I grabbed the keys, I'm just about to go clean the toilets, it's like 7, 38 o'clock in the morning, and I'm taking some rubbish to the bin, and I see Sue, old raspy boy Sue, and I walk up and I go, hey Sue, how are you? She turns around and she goes, oh no, you've upset me, oh, you've, you've really upset me, you're going to get kicked out of here. And I'm like, whoa, what the, what, what the hell, what, what's going on Sue, what have I done? She goes, you're up all night. You're up all night, you're getting Simon awake, he's a recovering alcoholic, he doesn't drink, you're up all night partying till midnight, you've upset him and he's gonna leave now, I'm upset with you, and I said, whoa, 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 I wasn't up partying all night, I said, I went to bed at like 8.30, she goes, well, your family was up partying at that other site, and they kept Simon awake, I said, hang on, hang on, hang on. And I've said, look, I was in bed at 8.30 last night, I don't think my wife was up partying all night, uh, I'm not sure what's happened. I really apologise if someone's kept Simon awake and upset him. That's not our our plan here. We're just coming here to have a family holiday. We're not here to party on and, and make a ruckus. I said, let me go speak to my wife. So I went and spoke to Emma and she said, no, we just had a couple of drinks at the fire. We weren't playing any music or anything. He said, and I was home by, by 11, 11.30. She goes, the, the, the camp next door, there's a group of Mormons. They were up sort of jumping around, hooting and hollering and really, really getting into it. Um, and they were really quite noisy, and they were up, you know, after I went to bed, they were still awake, still kicking on. So I said, okay. I went and relayed that to Sue, and she was very doubtful. Oh, they're, they're churches, it wouldn't have been them. I said, well, it wasn't my wife, mate. So, I, you know, I, don't, I think the wires have been crossed here, and it certainly wasn't me. So anyway, that all kind of started to, you know, they were going to kick us out, and that never eventuated. But all these things started popping up. Simon broke his awning when he was moving in a hurry to accommodate us, and that was my fault. Um, the the He didn't like the noises, he doesn't drink, so someone in the park was making noise and piss him off, and that was my fault. I got blamed. Uh, you know, we should have been in the overflow, not put in straight into his spot, even though it was her that did it, and that was my fault. Uh, we shouldn't have been allowed to volunteer for only one week. It's normally a minimum one month. Who let you volunteer for one week? I said, hey, Jenny. Far out. I am not having much luck with this GoPro. It's, um, I tried to do the podcast yesterday on here. I got about 15 minutes into it. And I was having dramas with the SD card. Just kept saying uh, SD card uh, error. And man, it was really pissing me off because I haven't used this. I haven't used this damn camera for ages. Um, and then if I, I get the damn thing out and start trying to use it and I've got nothing but problems and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm pressing record and it's just not record and I've got to figure, fiddle around with all the settings so I'm having some technology issues um, we will get through it and get on with it so yesterday I was talking about you know where we were rocking up to Paris pissing everyone off because the caravan was oversized and then um you know everything was my fault everything that happened kept it was, it was my fault as far as you know the caretaker here was concerned so that was pissing me off but we got through it everyone's happy now i've been doing a good job cleaning the dunnies that's all blown over now and we're just getting on with the damn holiday we've been doing a few bits and pieces since we've been down here we had a nice beach day today um it's, it's warming up a little bit you know christmas day was raining here man so we definitely didn't you know do the beach on chrissy day i think we went down there for a little bit in the afternoon but um you know christmas day was raining so uh it was actually quite nice because uh, it forced us to just chill inside for a few hours in the morning you know with the as, as a family 
and look at our Christmas presents and play with some of them and, and just keep it really low key and low paced, which was quite nice and quite different for us. So, which is what we came down here for anyway. We came away to have a nice, quiet, relaxed Christmas without the hustle and bustle and, uh, and the hectic atmosphere. And that was, we were definitely forced to do that on Christmas Day due to the, the rain and then the overcast uh, weather for the rest of the day. So that was pretty cool. Um, We've been out to the animal farm. We did the animal farm. We sort of do that every every year. We come. This is our third year. We've been down here. We've, we've done it every time. But man, I'll tell you what. The the old animals were looking a bit uh, a bit manky, to be honest with you. That needs to stop swiveling. The the old animal farm was looking a bit manky, man. I I, I um I'm feeling a bit for the for the old animals out there. I'm not sure what the the hygiene and the maintenance is like out there, but it wasn't. It wasn't real. Uh, yeah, it wasn't real shit hot to be honest with you. It was a bit, bit bloody manky. So, um, yeah, we kind of felt like we were gonna get like some fungal shit on us if we if we you know touched the animals and touched ourselves. We didn't tell that to the kids. We didn't want to freak them out, but they were all itchy. They all looked like they needed a good bath. They all had matted hair all over them. It was a bit a bit how you going to be honest. Um wasn't really wasn't really happening out at the old animal farm, but we did that. Kids always love it. See the llamas and everything. Uh, got out of there, washed our hands thoroughly and then got the hell out of there. We also went to um what did we do for for Christmas Day itself? We went to the um, on the day before Christmas. Anyway, we went and picked up a platter from the cheese factory here, the Ducket Smell Cheese Factory, and and the idea was that there. No, it won't. The idea was we'd uh, um, get a platter, sort it out from the Ducket's Mill, and then not have to cook and clean and everything on Christmas. And that actually worked. Uh, bloody treat we um, got a hundred dollar cheese platter from them and, and, a, and a bottle a couple of bottle or a bottle of wine and a bottle of port and cracked that open on on Chrissy day and it was really good because we, we enjoyed Duckett's mill um, we've been there a couple of times before in the past and the platter was just good mate. hundred bucks worth we had a bunch of different cheeses on there some different meats fruits some capers um, you know bits and pieces as you do on, on, a, on a platter but it worked really well for us man for the four of us we didn't have to we actually only ate half the platter it was separated into two boxes so we ate one half and then we ate the other half the day after so absolutely nailed it on the Christmas lunch there was no cleanup or anything it just came in a couple of boxes we used a couple of plates to, to separate food or two as we went along and that worked absolutely beautiful mate got a couple of, as I said a, a good wine and a good port from them as well and had a bit of port and around the fire that evening and just had a really good chilled Christmas day so that worked out bloody perfectly for us um, what else did we do we went to the dam yesterday which is a distillery and it was alright man it was a really nice spot the food was pretty good they were pretty busy service was so-so um, but the alcohol was was kind of shit. The beer wasn't very good. They don't really, you know, they don't know for their beer. I guess they got other people's beers on tap there. Um, they're known for their seltzers, and um, we did we did the ginger beer, the seltzer. Tried their beer, and I think the missus had a wine, and it was the alcohol was all pretty shit to be honest. I would not ever drink or buy one of those seltzers from them again. It, was, it tasted like flat cordial, all of them. Um, 
but the you know the beer was average but the food was pretty good and it's a really nice spot sitting outside there so it was still worth going mate checking it out um the setup the old caravan setup so obviously um anyone that follows along knows this is the first big trip for the caravan since we got her uh, i obviously went down uh, uh drove down to, to to Perth from Port Edelman to pick it up and then drove back to Port Edelman with it on in tow, you know, two months ago. Uh, but, you know, we hadn't been on a trip with it. So this is the first trip, all loaded up, everything in there, living on off-grid where we are at Parry's Beach down in, um, at, um, outside of Denmark. It's a full, just bush camp around. So, you know, there's, there's ablution blocks, uh, but there's no, you know, potable water, there's no mains water, there's no electricity, anything like that. So we really are testing the, the system out and it's been good, man. The power side of things, you know, which I obviously spent a lot of money on and really needed that to be kind of bulletproof, has been, oh, excuse me, has been just that. It's been bulletproof. It's been really good. Um, I, I think I told you we had rain on Christmas Day, overcast the whole day. It was overcast the day after as well. Um, and you know, the power got down to about 60 something percent. You know, when we're using the inverter to use it to, to boil, you know, cook stuff up in the air fryer and using the, the kettle and toaster and charging things. Sometimes you charge, you know, there's certain appliances we have to charge through the, through the power point, so you use the inverter. I ran a Christmas tree, charged shades. Uh, e-scooter up and things like that and we got down to about 60% at its lowest and then you know that's now back up to 100% 100% with it with a couple of days of sun or really one day of sun so that power is working absolutely mint mate. Um, can't fault it we can run you know the microwave and the I think I tripped out when I ran the microwave and the air fryer at the same time or something um, didn't trip out it just it just uh, was it didn't it didn't love it so you know that's that's still the limitation of it, but that's fine, mate. That's pretty easy to, to work around. Um, but we actually have plenty of power, so I'm stoked about that. We've been here for six days or something now, and we're back up to 100% of the power, so we're all good in that department. Um, and the the water's a bit. Um, oh, 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 you're again. The water's a bit. How you going? Water's a bit so-so. We're out of water. I went and got an extra 40 liters yesterday in, in, in 10 liter bottles and, and put that in. We've used that again. And this is not showering. So this is basically using washing our hands after we go to the toilet, using the toilet and and the, and the kitchen sink. And we're kind of chewing through the water. So I definitely think we need a bigger, uh, a bigger water tank or another water tank. Which is all right, man. We're you know we're here testing the system out. This is a good place to give it a, a run like this to see where the, the the shortcomings are. And water is definitely one of them. So, yeah, you know, again, if we have, if we actually wanted to shower in it or, or use the washing machine, we'd be up shit creek pretty quick. So I need to have a look at upgrading the water tanks on it. But power has just been um, mint. Pretty bloody happy with that, mate. Um, yeah. And the thing I did say yesterday that I'll give you is a flick around the van with the, with the camera at some stage when the missus is uh, happy that she's cleaned it up sufficiently and the kids haven't spread their life out throughout the inside of it again, which happens pretty pretty frequently at the moment. But overall, it's been it's been, it's been bloody uh, excellent. We've got a good solid base to work off. Um, we've actually got a lot of the the uh, creature comforts and, and, and luxury amenities alongside it as well. So pretty bloody happy with the whole setup, man. It's been, uh, overall, it's been a, a, a success, really. So, yeah, 
I think I mentioned to you that I did the I'm doing the volunteering to guarantee us a spot and and that works out well too again we wouldn't have fit in the main park so we wouldn't have been allowed to come in if we if we weren't volunteering anyway and the fact that we didn't fit in the main park we're out the front it, we are in we are in the best spot in the whole park it's just a big there's a big spot it's quite private um, right near the front of the park which is near the water um, grass, there's some grass in there, some tree cover, but enough sun that I'm actually getting good sun for solar panels as well. Really can't complain. Oh, I don't know what's going on with the awning. So I'm pretty happy with the, pretty happy with the, the setup. Pretty happy with the, the, the spot we, we had the caravan at the, um, the the camp, uh, bush camp spot too. What do, you, what do you call it? Camp, camp, caravan. It's not a caravan park. It's a campsite. Far out. Really struggle for that word there. So yeah, pretty happy with that, mate. Um, toilets haven't been too bad. I'm getting up doing them pretty much first thing in the morning, getting up, going for a run, coming back, doing the toilets, and then doing breakfast with the family. Um, and then, you know, they're done. I've been getting earlier and earlier, so I did them at like seven o'clock this morning. I'll probably do the same tomorrow, try and beat people in for their showers, because the worst thing is waiting for the women to finish when they're in the showers. I obviously can't just walk in there when the, when the women are still showering and they definitely take a lot longer than the men, not necessarily in the shower, but on the on the bench, printing themselves up afterwards, they sort of tend to hang around and have a big old chat and a powwow, and it kind of drags on for quite some time, um, whereas the blokes are kind of in and out, and obviously I just start cleaning the blokes' toilets, and as they leave, I just don't let anyone else in, so I eventually have it to myself, but it's a bit harder with the, with the females, so that can be an annoying stand around waiting, Hence the reason I'm getting in there nice and early before they before they get up and start showering. Um, so that's been fine, mate. The one thing though I will say, a bloody oh, this is a pet hater one. I've mentioned this before as well. There there was uh, someone, some fella the other day. I'm cleaning the toilets, wiping down the bench in there, and some fella has shaved his filthy face all over the bench top and just left it man hasn't even attempted to wipe it up at all and this i've seen this at the gym before as well this pisses me off so much it's it's just like you're a fucking animal man how filthy are you you just shave your face your filthy face all over the bench top and just completely just leave it some other prick will clean that up like who the fuck does that mate makes me feel like just going and like I was angry enough when I saw that to, to fucking, oh, I wanted to go find the fella and punch him in the throat. Like just roam the roam the caravan park or the campsite looking for the, the dude with the cleanest shaven face and just walk up and punch him in the throat. You know, and just imagine the whole scene. I walk up to the dude, cleanest shaven face in the whole park, walk up, punch him in the throat. No words said and his wife's fucking standing nearby and she starts coming over freaking out. Oh no! What are you doing? So he knows, he knows why I did it, don't you? You know why I did it, you filthy clean-faced fuck, huh? Fucking attempt to wash your hair down the fucking sink next time, you filthy clean-shaven prick. Fucking walk around, monkey-faced, shaving it all on the bench, leave it for someone else to clean up. You fucking deserve the punch in the throat, you prick. Obviously, I, I didn't do that, I just fantasised about it. But, you know, and it may seem like I'm just a little bit, um, you know, uh, jealous because I can't grow a beard, for those of you that know me. I can't even grow a goatee. For that matter, I can't really even grow a moustache that actually looks like it belongs on an adult's face rather than the, the face of a Mexican schoolboy. Um, but it's not that. 
it's not jealousy it's just the fact if I could grow a beard or a goatee and, and I went to shave it in a public space you bet your bloody damn dollar, the bottom, the bottom dollar that I would clean the bloody table up or at least make it I know hairs moves around the place it's hard to get it all sometimes if you don't have the right equipment but you can at least make an attempt right because I'm not an animal so I'd at least make an attempt to clean my fucking face pubes off the desk before I left it for someone else to come and do behind me. So it's not jealousy, it's just some common courtesy from one man to another. Clean your filthy face hair off the common space bench, you fucking dirty prick. But aside from that, mate, it's all been pretty good. No real major dramas in the toilet or anything. There's this one kid that looks like he's from fucking children in the corn that comes in nearly every time when I just finished cleaning and he rides his bike up there, he's his fat little ranger kid, and he rides his bike up there and he looks at me like he's fucking lost look on his face and he trots in with his fucking dirty hoofs, pisses and misses the fucking bowl and everything and trots back out, his muddy little hobbit feet print all fucking through the, through the bathroom, I've got to give him another once over after he's been, but apart from that, pretty good man, pretty simple, pretty straightforward. So, you know, loving it so far. I'll kick back in another couple of days and give you another update. And as I said, I'll do a tour of the Tour de Van uh, at some stage as well when the missus gives me the green light on that one. Righto. Um, I hope the sound quality is all right on this. I am driving. I do have the, the, the old uh, GoPro you know, filming me while I'm, while I'm cruising along. And I'm going to mesh this together with the one I did yesterday that fudged up on me and see how it all, all pans out the wash. Right, Average Man Podcast episode, fuck knows. Um, don't have a song title or anything either on this one. I'll just call it Parry's. Um, take it easy. I'll be in touch again shortly. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Over and out.